Welcome to Tuning In. I'm your host, Catherine Peloso-Smith, and I'm here to talk all things intuitive wellness, natural nutrition, raising the vibe, and reconnecting to your truest self. I'm a practicing holistic nutritionist and spiritual life coach who has completely transformed from feeling ill and disconnected to now living the healthiest, most vibrant life I could have ever imagined. I truly believe that by tuning into your mind, body, and soul as your magical gateway, you too can achieve higher levels of wellness and start living your most nourished life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, lovelies. I am coming to you live from Playa del Coco tonight. I'm recording while Jake has taken the boys out to watch the Leafs game. And I'm so, so tired. So I just was like, why don't I cuddle up on the couch and record a podcast? Because I have something that's been coming up for me that I want to share about. And this is kind of, this is a really, really personal story that I'm going to get into. And the reason it is so present for me right now is because Gordy's birthday is coming up this week. He's going to be three. I can't believe he's going to be three already. And the reason that this is so (laughs) huge in my life is because, well, there's so many different reasons, but it really marks a milestone in my life as a mother and just in life in general, because this marks three years since the announcement of the pandemic. And I mean, I haven't talked about this at all. And I try to avoid talking about it as much as possible because I do have some strong views on it. But I was like, I would not be showing up 120% authentically if I didn't share this side of me, if I wasn't talking more about what I believe and my experiences and what I've gone through and all of that kind of stuff. So I want to talk to you guys today about Gordy's birth (laughs) and the experience that I had after he was born because he is a quote unquote pandemic baby. He was born May, 2020 and I was able to experience a little bit of pregnancy at the beginning of all of the fear. And then I experienced postpartum throughout all of the craziness that was going on in the world. And I do not by any means want to share this experience as like, I'm the only one who went through a hard time, but as more to provide you with a sense of, you know, you're not the only one. There were so many people going through the same thing that I was. And yet I was feeling so fucking alone, so alone throughout all of it. So looking back now, 
having the clearer mindset that I do, it's actually really allowing me to process all of those emotions that came up, everything that happened, you know, all of the craziness that went on. And yeah, I just was like, let's just throw it out there. Let's just talk about it and see what happens. And if there's anybody out there, if there's any of you that are like, oh my gosh, I was going through the same thing. I completely understand. Or I know somebody that was going through the same thing as you. You know, I just feel like it's a good time (laughs) to, to process it all. So that's what I'm doing here today. It's a little therapy session. Welcome. (laughs) So my story started off really exciting. It was really empowering. I was pregnant with my second child and I was planning a home birth and I was like so pumped. I wanted an unmedicated birth at home, safe space, all natural, all of those things. And it is what I got. In the end, I did receive that. However, it came with so much more than what was expected. So March, 2020 came. Okay. This is the beginning of the pandemic when everything was announced. I was two months away from my due date. And this is when the world just decided to turn upside down, right? There was a whole bunch of fear, a whole bunch of unknown. I was seven months pregnant. I was working at two clinics at this point, uh, trying to build my business. I was also trying to parent a two-year-old at the same time. And something I won't get into too much here for the sake of his own privacy, but Jake, my husband, was going through his own struggles at the time. He was working a lot. He was very distant. We were going through a very difficult time. And it was like, all of a sudden we were told to stay home and lock down and only essential needs to leave the house, right? Like not allowed to see people who aren't in your bubble. And if this whole life wasn't challenging enough, you know, now 90% of my appointments, my midwife appointments, all of the support for my pregnancy was turned into phone calls at this point. So it was like just a complete shift of what I was not planning and what I was not expecting in my last months leading to having a baby. (laughs) So I actually wasn't even able to get the proper support that I needed, like chiropractic, massage, all that kind of stuff in the last little bit. And not saying that there wasn't necessarily people out there that would have, but at this point I was quite afraid, right? We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was transpiring. And I felt responsible to protect this life inside of me, right? I did not want anything to happen to my baby (laughs) and or myself just about to give birth, right? Even though I had been extremely ill in February before that, pretty sure I had the the virus because it was really, really bad. So long story short, actually, that is, that is a big piece to it. Actually, I will, I will 
put that in because I was very, very sick in February prior to the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, I had the virus. And being pregnant, our immune system is suppressed quite a bit. So I wasn't able to fight it the way I normally would have been able to. So it actually developed into a sinus infection, which was pretty severe. So I did have to take antibiotics, which are not my favorite, but I had to do what I had to do to get better. And this is a little bit of foreshadowing because the antibiotics became an issue after Gordy's birth, which was really not fun, but that was that basically. So we spent the whole springtime at home and it was so lonely. It was so lonely. We were having zoom calls with friends and family, but you know, like it wasn't the same. It's all that support that you crave when you're preparing to bring a child in this world, that connection to friends and family and celebration wasn't happening, right? Everybody was so afraid. And I just remember feeling really unsupported, actually, very sad and lonely. And like just nights putting my older son to bed, my husband being absent, just crying a lot and wondering like, what am I doing? Like, what, what am I doing? Is I felt like irresponsible bringing this new life into the world when everything was so crazy and my mental health was not in a great place. It was like, what is, what is this choice? And I was like, I just need to trust. I just need to trust and um, know that what's happening is meant to be happening. So what kept me sane was trusting, but, you know, being able to go outside. So we had just moved into a new house with a really large backyard. We were so lucky. We were playing outside a lot in the spring air. And yeah, like it literally saved me. If it was winter, I don't know what I would have done. It would have been a lot, a lot scarier for sure. And since the very beginning, I had been planning a home birth. I still believe that this was the best decision in the end because hospitals ended up being not the place you wanted to be, right? It was like, uh, I don't really like this. But the, the time finally came to birth my baby Gordy and naturally, and he was just under a week late. And, um, I'll share a little bit about my home birth experience because I find it interesting too. And if you're into natural birth or you're into that kind of thing, maybe you'll find some, you know, ease in my experience a little bit. If you have questions about home birth, I would love to talk more about it. I've done both. So I'm not here to say one is, you know, the right way or the wrong way, but I did my first birthing experience in the hospital. And I also have the experience of birthing in my own bed at home. <laughs> and they're very, very different. I will, I will say that. So I, Felt myself going into labor during the afternoon. It was a beautiful sunny day, I remember. Uh, I was having little mini contractions, like the Braxton Hicks contractions. And as the day went on, they started to feel more real. I was putting my older son, Theo, to bed. And they started to grow more and more intense. So after he went to bed, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I decided to take a bath, let Jake sleep. Because I was like, I think this is this is going to be it and you need to sleep. <laughs> I probably need to sleep, but I was too excited 
and you know the contractions are coming on so uh the bath actually intensified the contractions even more so i decided to get out of the bath wake jake up and we called the midwife and she said she would be there around one or two in the morning just for me to get comfortable as much as possible and just continue to like monitor the time between the contractions which for me is hilarious because like timing contractions is a joke. I'm sorry. I don't know. I have zero pattern. I've never had a consistent pattern with it. They're all over the place. It was just like, oh, they're very intense now. Okay. This is, it's coming, right? I just knew. It was just a feeling that I could tell. So our midwife arrived and I was sitting mostly on the birthing bowl. It was the most comfortable for me, but it wasn't really doing very much to get things going. So she actually suggested I sit on the toilet. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that before, but it was amazing because it allowed me to just relax my body. You know, when we sit on the toilet, we naturally relax a bit. So it allowed my pelvis and everything to just camera calm down <laughs> and like I just sat there and it helped him to descend a little bit and I think I labored on the toilet on and off until Sears active labor began like it was it was pretty pretty intense it's a good way <laughs> to get me going um fast forward a little bit active labor started and it was fucking intense I was listening to like chanting music, which was amazing. And not that I recommend this for everybody, but this type of music I had been listening to throughout my pregnancy and I was practicing my breathing techniques and I was practicing focusing on my breath and not hypnotic (laughs) birthing or anything like that. I never got the the time to actually dive into that, but just being a yoga practicer where we focus on our breath when we're in uncomfortable yoga positions and things like that, I think that really, really helped me to practice and breathe and focus on my breath and breathe through the pain that I was experiencing. And yeah, like I just breathed and chanted through those intense contractions. And I was trying to lean on Jake for as much support as possible. But of course, you know, it's uncomfortable. I don't know what I want. I was like, don't touch me. (laughs) Like, you know, like do this, stand here until I could kind of figure out what what felt better. You know, (laughs) the midwives were really hands off, probably even more so because of, you know, the virus and all that kind of stuff. But it it was really challenging. It, It really was challenging also because I felt a little bit disconnected from him, from my husband at that time with everything going on and just, you know, I did feel a little bit like I was doing this all by myself, even though I did have the support there. It was like, I'm the one in it right now. I'm doing this. Right. And I was so determined to do it naturally and feel all the feels. And I started to become dehydrated. So I did have water with electrolytes, but it really wasn't enough. So the midwives insisted that I have an IV put in for hydration and it kind of threw things off a little bit because I was like 
in the labor, things were going and moving, and then they had to put this IV in my hand, and I don't really like needles. <laughs> so I was like, uh, and it wasn't wasn't the greatest, but I'm thankful they did it in the end because I was very, very dehydrated. They were a little bit worried. So I was in incredible amount of pain, <laughs> but it was so amazing that I that I could handle it with each breath. And it was just like, got to get through this next one and then the next one. And it just like really brought you down to that present moment. And then eventually there were no breaks. It was not like I have to get through this next one. It was just like the contractions just meshed into this really long one and over and over and there was no relief. It was exhausting. And eventually I was like, okay, it's time. I need to push. I want to push and I could feel him and I wanted him out of there. It had been like 10 hours at this point of labor overnight, exhausted. And I was like, okay, I need to do this. And they were like, okay, if, if you think so, like we're letting you like trust your body. And I realized into trying to push that maybe I was a little premature, that it was a little too early, but I was so tired. I was like, and thinking back, like I was up all night. I hadn't slept. I had a full day parenting and baking because I was crazy. I probably was working a little bit too, you know, all of those things. And then it was like, no sleep, just right into birthing a child and no pain medication. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but we're amazing. Like women are freaking incredible. And I just want to say that because it's an experience like no other. And honestly, like I would do it all over again. I would, I swear I would. It's like so empowering and so incredible, so painful, but so amazing all at once. <laughs> so I ended up pushing for like a really long time, felt like a really long time compared to some people, maybe not as long, but my first child, I pushed for 15, 20 minutes. So I think I pushed Gordy for like 45 minutes and it was like, I can't do this. He was stuck actually. <laughs> he had a hand up by his face and I kept trying and kept trying and the midwife was trying to like move his hand out of the way and it wasn't working. So eventually she had to help me and actually pull out his head and hand and get that out of the way. And then he was there. And then I pulled him up. I grabbed onto him, pulled him up onto me. And I don't think I moved for the next 24 hours. <laughs> it was incredible. And I think back to that moment and just like, how happy I was and the oxytocin is just like rushing over you all that happens you're in so much pain but you're in so much love and it's just the most amazing feeling but also just for myself in that moment knowing how sad the world was how lonely everything was feeling. So it was really a very mixed bag of emotions that I was going through. And it really just started to lead into a really interesting postpartum experience for me, I will tell you that. So 
Thank goodness my mom came down to live with us for a couple of days. It really made a huge difference. At the time, her and my dad were living in Wasega Beach, which is about an hour and a half away from where we were living in Guelph. And we weren't technically supposed to have visitors, but it was early on enough in the pandemic that I was able to, you know, weasel my way around a little bit. So she did come down and in the middle of the night while I was laboring to watch my other son, Theo, just in case he did wake up so that Jake could be with me. And after having been up all night, it was like such a blessing to have her there because Jake and I were so tired. So she was able to kind of take care of Theo and help tidy up and make us food and all of that amazing stuff. So that was, that was so, so, so helpful. Yeah. And then really like the natural oxytocin and the high of everything. And then it was just a real blur from then on, to be honest, it was a very interesting time. So Gordy latched on pretty quickly. He didn't have a great latch, but it was doing the trick. Like a year later, we realized he had a major tongue tie and lip tie that kind of went unnoticed that we had to get released. So that might've helped <laughs> with his latch, but he was getting enough. He was gaining weight, all of that kind of stuff. So that was okay. About two to three days after he was born, he developed a major rash on his bum and all the way up to the front. And chalking that up to antibiotic use for me during pregnancy. So it ended up being, you know, yeast, which was really tough. And, you know, all of these things happen postpartum. It's very common, you know, to have thrush, which is like yeast in the mouth, you know, to have a tongue tie, to have a lip tie, all of these things. But because my appointments for my midwife had turned to phone calls, a lot was kind of getting brushed under the rug. Like, oh, that's not too bad. I'm sure you'll be okay. Here's a cream that you can go and get from the pharmacy. And they it never worked, right? It's like, <laughs> there's things that's just like, and then two weeks later, it was even worse at this point. Like it was a lot of time where things weren't getting resolved and I wasn't getting the postpartum care that I was expecting having signed up with midwife care and they were spread very thin and they were trying to protect, you know, all of the, the mothers and the women and the families in their practice. And I mean, I get it. I totally do. But it was a really difficult, tough time for me dealing with all of these things after having a baby, having another child that you have to look after. My husband was home for a little bit, but then he did have to go back to work, right? And we're not supposed to really have visitors and people hanging around. And we were trying to follow the rules, right? And, and listen to what we were supposed to do and what we weren't supposed to do. And it, uh, it was not fun. And 
I, when I am postpartum, what happens for me when the oxytocin starts to like wear off a little bit, my body kind of goes into a feeling of, feels like the flu kind of, not the stomach flu, but like you get aches and pains and everything starts to come in and fevered and flushed as my milk comes in. And it makes things so much more difficult to to do anything other than lay in bed and try to keep this little baby alive, right? It's like, it, it takes a lot. And, you know, I was in a lot of pain and fog and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed having two kids to take care of and you know, what felt like was supposed to be a really happy time of celebration, again, just felt really lonely and sad. And I don't feel like I was able to fully process that. So I, I will say I was able to finally find some cream for Gordy's bum. And he was able to like, you know, heal from that. And that made such a big difference. But There was a point and I just was looking through old photos and videos from when Gordy was born and I just, the sad part is that like I don't remember a lot of it because I was such a shell of a person at that time. It was, it was really lonely and really sad and he was such this beautiful light that shone through all of the the challenges and the sadness and so I was holding on to that he was almost like saving me if anything and I remember just like holding him and like dancing with him all the time because it would like lift my spirits too. And we would listen to the Tragically Hip, (laughs) specifically Long Time Running. And I would just like sway him around the living room, listening to this and just like rubbing his sweet, soft face against my face and trying to like raise my vibration and lift my spirits and I was so in love with this little baby, but like I just kept feeling like I couldn't give him what he needed because for the first time, like I didn't even know who I was anymore. I was such a shell of, of a human being that I felt like I was just going through the motions and it was so challenging for me to hold it together but I apparently did a really good job of pretending like I had it all together because I don't think most people knew what I was feeling and I I was hiding it from everybody and I've always been that way where I'm the type of person to be I'm good, right? Like I, I'm good. I can handle it. Of course I can start working again. Of course I'm going to show up on social media and everything's going to look like it's so great. And we're going to go to the park for a picnic and, you know, we're going to just, everything's so lovely. And I was trying to do that so much, but looking back at the photos, I remember feeling like I was not okay at that point. You know, I was just pushing through and I was trying to 
like cover up or deflect, I guess would be the right word. I was, I was sad and and lonely and I had two kids now. (laughs) I had a dog and a household to take care of and all of these things and a job that I loved that I wanted to get back to. And I wanted to feel like myself. And I felt like if I worked more, I would feel more like myself. And <laughs> like, I was totally kidding myself. I, I needed, what I really needed in that moment was my community, my family, just to take a break and just to be a mom just be a mom in that moment. And looking back, I really wish that I had done that. And it's hard for me to look back now and wish that I had done something different, but I'm really just feeling the feels and processing what actually happened. And I, I barely remember Gordy's first year and I'm, unless I'm prompted by photos where I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. And but I barely, I barely remember it. And I wasn't present all the time. And I was not as happy as I was seeming to be. And there's a whole other reason to this too. And that's because I was also going through a major awakening at this time. And I want to share that what went from the beginning stages of the pandemic where it was very fearful of what was happening in the world because of virus soon turned into a very dark hole of more information, deeper down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories, of you know, just new information that was coming to light. Because to me, what was going on in the world did not make sense to me. What people were telling me to do did not make sense. I was really questioning motives, money, actual health recommendations, and I won't get into all of it today, (laughs) but what my truth is, is mine, right? And what my experience is, is mine. And I research and I understand and all of that and what I believe is mine. So you can believe what you believe. I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong, but I have my own truth. And this was my own experience. And whatever you believe is obviously your truth. And that's totally cool. I'm here to have an open space of communication and love and appreciation. And we're all just trying to do the best that we absolutely can. But (laughs) from that moment on, my life has not been the same. I, things actually got really, really dark finding out things about this world that I never knew were happening. It was very doomsday-ish. Doomsday-ish, I guess is the word. I lost a lot of hope in humanity. I lost friends. I lost family members. There was a huge divide in what I believed was right for me and my family versus what others believed were right for their family. And people were being outcasted. Human rights were being violated, right? There was a lot going on. It was honestly 
like too much for me to handle at that point in time, especially as an already anxious, depressed, like postpartum mom. There was a lot happening and it, it just, the world was no longer the way I saw it previously, right? And it was insanely challenging moving forward from that and trying to figure out my place and my new sense of safety and my new sense of trust. And it started to take an even deeper toll on my marriage and all of that as well. So eventually, as time went on, things did begin to shift. And I found like an amazing tribe of people that I connected with and family members that were super supportive and people that I could count on and connect with. And Jake and I found an amazing common ground. And I truly believe that it ended up strengthening our marriage at the end of the day. Like so much stronger now because we're on the same page and we do have these common goals for us and our family. And the light just eventually started to shine through all this doom and gloom. And I found a lot of peace, a lot of hope, some groundedness. And as a family, we just eventually started to pave our own way. We had to start to make decisions that worked for our family. And eventually this led to what we're doing now, selling our house and traveling. And, you know, was it an escape? Was it an escape? Maybe. We were so tired of everything that had transpired the past two years. And we wanted to feel a sense of freedom again. We needed a change And we needed to feel in control of our lives and of our own decisions. So although there are still challenges, like so there's so many unknowns. (laughs) There's so many unknowns. At least now that we can say after all of this, after the absolute fucking insanity of the past three years, like we have... I feel like we've risen from the ashes, like phoenixes or whatever you want to say. Like it was a rebirth for everybody. And I honestly believe that Gordy was sent to us for this exact reason. And I get so emotional thinking about this, but he totally chose us for this journey to learn these lessons and really to help me through one of the darkest times of my life. And he's just the brightest light. And although like, I feel like at the time I couldn't give him what he needed in those moments. I I believe his soul is so strong. He's an old, like he's an old soul. And, and I don't know. He's a, he's a special, special child. And we still go sleep. <laughs> we still nurse right now. Uh, I mean, like he's getting what he needs. I'm giving him what he needs. And I'm so grateful for all that he has brought this family and all that he's already taught me. He's three and we've gone through so much. And that's all that's coming up right now because it is his birthday. It's the anniversary of the craziest time of my life. (laughs) And he's been that support 
and he's just a baby. Like, it's so crazy to put that pressure on him, but he knows what he's doing. He's He was sent here exactly for this reason. He chose this, and I just am so grateful for him. So happy birthday, little one. <laughs> Thank you for all that you are, and we love you so much. And also to all my postpartum mamas out there, or not postpartum, or pregnant mamas, or any type of mama, like moms who were pregnant or gave birth during the pandemic, who felt alone, who felt gypped of a supportive birth, you know, or a postpartum experience that you wanted to have, like those baby in me yoga classes and all of those things that were just canceled on us. Like, I see you and I feel your pain and there's a lot to mourn there and it's okay. I think now is a really good time to allow ourselves to process it and give ourselves that space to be sad because we had to put on our big girl pants. We had to show up for our families. We had to take control and take care of of everybody around us. And it's like now there's a little bit of space to be like, shit, that sucked. You know, that freaking sucked. And I'm sad about it. And you can just be sad about it. It's okay. Now is a really good time to do that because it wasn't easy. It never, it never is easy. It never is easy. It's what we choose to do as women here on this planet. <laughs> and we're strong. And what we do and what you do for your kids and your families is incredible. And you should be so proud of yourself. And this is why it's just so important to show yourself love and to show yourself grace and to know your worth and your value. Because I know even for myself, it can get, it just can get lost in the busyness of motherhood sometimes. And we do deserve it all. We do deserve the world. And if you can take anything from this episode today, just take it as your reminder to do all these things. Do something to show yourself love. Do something to take care of yourself today. Allow yourself to feel grace and grant your being whatever it is you need to heal, to feel whole. And that's it. This was a super, super vulnerable, very honest and truth-filled episode for you today. And I just really felt the calling to share my experience and whatever that does, whatever type of ripple effect it might have, just know that I love you and don't forget to love yourself too. Okay. <laughs> have a beautiful rest of your day and we will talk soon.